We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions, or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to our Conversations with Dan. I know our podcast listeners, you've been getting some of our uh, repeats, some of our older episodes. But reruns. Yeah, our reruns. Our uh, video watchers have probably not seen much of us over the last couple of weeks. Right. Um, but as promised, we're going to come back and do something a little bit different for the next while. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but essentially, Dan, you were talking about giving us kind of big picture ideas on the books of the Bible. Right. Okay. What are they really about? Yeah, because we talk a lot about the context of books and things like that. And so maybe this will help us figure that out. Uh, Just to give you an idea of the format for the next little while, we're going to challenge ourselves to do whatever the discussion is, whichever book we're talking about, in about 15 minutes and give you that big picture. And we want to end each of our discussions with the question of, do you have any parts of that particular book that you wonder how that fits the big picture. Or maybe you go, well, I don't think the big picture fits certain things, and you want to continue that conversation, maybe push back a little bit sometimes. That could be some good give and take. And so then every couple of episodes, we'll try to take those questions and put them into one kind of Q&A response Mm. sort of video. I like it. Yeah. So that's the nuts and bolts of what we're going to be doing for the next little while. Um, Hope that you'll stick with us and enjoy that. We're going to start with not Genesis. No, not Genesis. Where are we starting? We're going to start with Daniel. And Lord willing, after we do Daniel, we'll take a look at the book of Revelation, two of the apocalyptic books that we have. So we're starting with the the easy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to start our timer. That way we can, you know, we can actually try to stick to our little 15 minute time that we're setting for ourselves. Dare to be a Daniel. Alright, let's get down to it, Dan. What is Daniel about? Alright, so like any other book of the Bible, um, you look at things that recur over and over again in a book, Mm -hmm. whether they be content that recurs, we'll talk about that in just a minute, or phrases uh, or words that recur. Um, so, <clears throat> basically, here we have uh, Daniel <clears throat> and his friends. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Yeah, or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, as they were named by their mothers. There we go. <clears throat> Rather than their slave enslavement names. Yeah, and they were carried away into captivity during the time of Jehoiakim, which was before Jerusalem actually fell. And during this time of captivity, this book was written as an encouragement to the people in in captivity, and uh, they faced a lot of challenges. Mm. Now, we'll look at some of the content of the book, but uh, it's it's taken from the standpoint of, uh, first of all, these young men that were taken away into captivity and the great kingdom that they were taken to, uh, initially the kingdom of, of Babylon, 
But uh, Daniel actually lived through uh, the reign of Jehoiakim into the reign of Zedekiah when Jerusalem was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Then he lived through the, the uh, careers of Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar the Babylonians, Darius the Mede, and even down to Cyrus the Persian. So he yeah. lived quite a, through quite a few regimes. He saw a few things. Yes, he did. <clears throat> and there's quite a few like mm-hmm. other prophets that are lining up with Daniel's life and things. Yes. So yes. not only is he seeing <clears throat> all of these outside regime changes, he's also seeing multiple messages from God coming yeah. through the different prophets. But lest we muddy the waters of what this 15 minutes is supposed to be about, <clears throat> we're going to talk about this book. Turn to Daniel chapter 2. <clears throat> okay. There's a, there's a crucial passage here is, as uh, Daniel is given this, uh, the answer to this dream that Nebuchadnezzar has. But look at Daniel 2, verse 20 and 21. Let's, let's read that, if you would, please. Sure. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. All right, very good. So here's these three young men. Their world has been turned upside down. Their city has been destroyed. Their king has been deposed. They've been dragged off into a foreign land, and he's pressed into service by this foreign king. And he makes this statement, a prophetic statement, that says uh, it's God who Mm -hmm. is forever. Mm -hmm. He changes everything, changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and removes kings, which you're going to see all through the book of Daniel. Yeah, absolutely. So kings and regimes change. God does not change. It's God that reveals the wisdom that holds all things together. And of course, Nebuchadnezzar's dream that he sees in chapter 2 is a dream about this idol with four parts, you know, Mm -hmm. head of gold, chest and arms of silver, uh, belly and thighs of uh, brass, legs and feet of iron mixed with clay. And if you read this chapter, these four parts of this idol that Nebuchadnezzar sees are four kingdoms. Mm. That will rise and fall, which goes back to the, you know, he changes the times and the seasons. He removes and sets up kings. And yet, (coughs) first line, God is going to be He's going to be there forever. Okay. And so, um, the the dream ends up being about this very theme. And if you go down to Daniel chapter um, 2, if you look here at verse uh, 36... He, he tells Nebuchadnezzar that you are the head of gold, down in verse mm-hmm. 38 at the end. You're the head of the idol. Yeah. But verse 39, after you, another kingdom's going to arise, arise, inferior to yours. And next, a third kingdom will rule over the her, uh, whole earth. And finally, a fourth kingdom, say, will rule. So <clears throat> kingdoms are going to rise and fall. Mm. But there's going to end up being a kingdom in the days of the fourth kingdom that breaks in pieces and consumes all the other kingdoms, and it stands forever. Yeah. So one of the themes of Daniel is that though kingdoms rise and fall, there's only one kingdom that stands forever. Mm. Now flip over to chapter 4. Okay. And there you have another story of great King Nebuchadnezzar who was so proud of his power and he bragged on his his uh, mm. rule. 
Look at uh, Daniel chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Okay. It says, It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. All right, so God has always been king. Jehoiakim might have been king of Israel for a while, or Judah for a while, and then Zedekiah, but they got knocked down. Mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar is king right now, but he's going to get knocked down. Mm-hmm. But God is always king. So to these yeah. young men that were taken captivity, the ki- only kingdom that is forever is God's kingdom. Everything right. else changes. It's hard for us to grasp that. Well, Nebuchadnezzar is so high and mighty and proud, and God makes him turn into an animal almost and he goes out and eats grass and grows his hair long and he's totally humiliated (laughs) yeah my mother used to say to me if you get too proud god will make you eat grass like old king nebuchadnezzar so anyway pardon me finally nebuchadnezzar is restored to his his uh his glory when he praises god go Mm. down to chapter 4 verse 34 okay at the end of the end of the days, I Nebuchadnezzar lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned, and I was and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever, for His dominion is an everlasting dominion; His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All right, and if you compare that with what uh-huh. we had, like back in chapter two, about verse forty-four and forty-five, well, you'll see that it's the same idea. Yeah, even exactly. there in chapter four at the beginning, what that we read. All right, and so in in chapter 5, you get Nebuchadnezzar dies, and you get his son Belshazzar that's a bad king, and he <laughs> disrespects God and everything, and, and uh, the handwriting comes on the wall, and the handwriting says, uh, King uh, Belshazzar, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting, and your kingdom's going to be taken away from you. Mm-hmm. Well, remember back in chapter 2, our God removes kings and sets up kings, but his kingdom yeah. lasts forever. Go down to... Um, Real quick, there in chapter 5 in that story, I've always found it interesting because of all the things where it talks about God living forever. And we kind of take it for granted because we hear it in different other pop culture references. But the queen actually comes out there in verse 10 and <coughs> she goes, oh, king, may you live forever. Oh, yeah. You know. But he's not going he's to. He's not going to. In fact, he's, <coughs> he's got his time pretty short coming yes. up. <laughs> so go down here to uh, verse um, 20 of chapter 5, talking uh-huh. about Belshazzar. When his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne mm-hmm. and stripped of his glory. Go down to verse 21 and read the last part until he acknowledged. He was fed grass like an ox and his body was wet with dew of heaven until he knew that the most high God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it whom he will. All right. But verse 22, keep going. And then you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all of this, but you lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. All right. So... The writing on the wall says God has numbered your days and he has divided mm-hmm. your kingdom and you will fall. And that very night he died. So what's, mm-hmm. the, what's the message in Daniel? It's God removes kings. God sets kings up in place. And God is the one whose kingdom stands forever. Yeah. Now, Daniel, 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 and the Lilai Lions. Remember? Oh, uh, 
I sing that all the time. Yeah. So in <laughs> chapter six, you've got Daniel in the lion's den, and the Daniel is is uh, manipulated, and so is the king. Uh, to get him thrown into the lion's mm-hmm. den. He's praying to God consistent, consistently. But after he spends the night in the lion's den and, and King Darius uh, finds him, drop down to verse 23 and just read a little bit there. Okay. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, at den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted God. Now go down to verse 25 in this letter that King Darius wrote. Okay, <clears throat> so he writes this to all the languages and everything and he says, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed. His Mm. dominion shall not be Mm. ending. So here we have it coming out of the mouth of a pagan king. Uh Uh-huh. Another pagan king. Darius the Mede that was Nebuchadnezzar before that. And back in chapter 2, even before that, he's the one that removes Uh kings and sets up kings. And it's his kingdom alone that lasts forever. So the consistency in life, the constant in life is not the Judean kingdom or the Babylonian kingdom or the Persian kingdom. It's the kingdom of God, the rule of God. Is there anything that we could draw out of Daniel that's kind of this one person, because he's dependent on God, is given the opportunity to outlast all of these kings as well? <clears throat> well, certainly Daniel does. Right. Daniel is, is faithful to the Lord and his, his cohorts are faithful to the Lord. You actually have uh, the story of the diet of the young men mm. in chapter 1. Mm-hmm. The story of Nebuchadnezzar demanding that they bow down to the idol in chapter 3. Yeah. And the story of the lion's den in chapter 6. That's called content similarity. Those are three different yes. moral dilemma stories. But they're really the same story in three yes. different ways. So and, it's that's what my question was kind of a... Is Daniel's life being used as a physical example of this big truth that God is trying to present in this It book? is to some degree in the sense that if you're faithful to God, if you're faithful to the constant, the mm. one who rules forever and ever, mm. whatever king happens to be in power or whatever yeah. circumstance you happen to be in, you'll be okay and God will bless you through those circumstances. Yeah. That's the message it's not Israel. necessarily <clears throat> we, like Daniel, will outlast and outlive all of the ups and downs of the world. But in this case, Daniel had the opportunity to kind of be the physical representation of the message. That's right. And then, uh, you know, if we're going to summarize the rest of the theme, and I don't know how we're doing on time. Let's see. But um, uh, we got two and a half minutes. Okay. <laughs> so the apocalyptic part of Daniel that starts in chapter 7. Yeah. The visions of uh, the beast coming up out of the sea, those in Daniel seven seventeen represent four kingdoms, you know, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. and uh, the message is the same, that, that the kingdom of God, the rule of God is going to win out in the end. Daniel 9, 8, 9, 10, those are about the, the Persian and Greek kingdoms and how God would rise them up and destroy them and finally the Roman kingdom. Mm-hmm. But the same message that comes out in the earlier part of the book comes right. out in those apocalyptic parts of the book. These are all kind of the visions he was having during the reign of these various kings. Right, and, yeah. and the, the kings that would, after he was dead, rise and mm-hmm. fall. <clears throat> but the message is that the rule of God is the only lasting rule. Mm. Um, Some phrases that you might look for in the book of Daniel. 
one weird thing that recurs numerous times is the word set up. Hmm. What man sets up is temporary, but what God sets up yeah. is eternal. Uh, the phrase that we've already pointed out, uh, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Right. Uh, you pointed out the phrase people's languages and nations. Mm-hmm. That's throughout the book of Daniel. Mm. These different kings in the book of Daniel were, were world kingdoms, large right. realm like Alexander the Great. You right. Know? And they ruled over what they thought was all people's nations and languages. Yep. But really the only one that really rules over all people's nations and languages is God. There we go. So that's a recurring uh, phrase throughout this. Um, There are several others, but really that's the storyline that holds all of this together and the thematic material that holds it together. And so when you're back, for example, in chapter 2 where we started out, Mm -hmm. in verse 20, that statement, uh, Praise be to God forever and ever, wisdom and power His. He changes the times and the seasons. Mm. He changes sets up kings and deposes them. So would it be fair to say, kind of wrapping up, because we use Daniel a lot of times just to tell the story of the fiery furnace. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> would it be fair to say that if we're going to use those stories, because they are great stories of faith, mm-hmm. the wrap-up point on all those stories is still that they were part of God's enduring kingdom. That's like right. God was showing his power. God over. ruled. It wasn't Nebuchadnezzar. And yeah. they served God who ruled, and therefore they were blessed. Yeah. It's not Daniel was a special person because he within himself was so awesome. It's, oh, see, there's our timer. It but says it, we have to quit. But it was that God, the person who rules forever, would outlast any of the punishments Right, and he things. was trusting in God, yeah. not in those governments or whatever. So today, you know, some trust in chariots, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. I like that one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the message. Okay, so I'm sure that you're like, but what about, what about we're going to try to stick to our 15 minutes? That tries to get us on track for the core of what we want to get We've to. We've told you what the book's about. Now we can fit the pieces yeah. into that. And so like we said, if you have questions about, well, how does a particular part of this fit into that? By all means, send those questions in. We'll always have the information up on screen. And then next week, Dan, where are we headed again? Revelation. So get ready. (laughs) Y'all have a good week. Bye. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.